Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and today it's all about previewing WWDC. It is just a few days away, happening Monday, June 5th. We're going to talk about all the latest rumors and leaks and what we will expect, plus Apple Music Classical on Android, and my good friend William is back. This episode is brought to you by Collide, and like I just said, William, it's so good to hear your voice. Welcome back. And you. It's so nice to be here. I've been off building up my political base. Um, you know, we've got elections. I wanted, I'm going for make Great Britain again. Wait a minute. I think it's already yeah. taken. That's already taken. Don't, Don't even okay. bother. Now, wait a minute. Are you at liberty to say what you've been doing? Or has this been like MI6 secret agent stuff? I tried to avoid telling people what I was doing because I was right. away for a month. A the month longest day. I've ever been away Literally on a years. holiday. Literally. Yes. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'm very conscious of the fact that basically I'm saying all this expensive Mac gear is in my office. Knock yourself out. So uh, while I was away, I was trying not to say it. Sure, um, sure. But now I'm back and I can't shut up about it, really. So uh, try to stop me. Well, what yeah. were you doing? You still haven't said. I just yes, this habit of secrecy. <laughs> it's like, that's it. You really are getting up for that political run because you've just said a bunch of things yes. without saying anything. It's amazing. That's true. The important thing to focus on here yeah. is that uh, I was away on a, a, a cruise. Oh, actually. My, suffering. Um, suffering. In is... theory, well, you know, which restaurant do I go to today? I don't know. Oh, yes. uh, it was originally intended to celebrate my 25th wedding anniversary. But what right. with COVID delays and all this stuff, it's actually this year's my 29th. Wow. Uh, so it's a very long waited time. But Amazing. also the, the furthest, I've, the longest I've been away from the keyboard in my entire adult life. So very well, strange. Congratulations very for 29 years. And Thank it you. was a river cruise, right? No, uh, that's another story. It was an ocean cruise. Oh. Uh, flew to Tokyo, then went up what? through Alaska, ended up in Vancouver for an hour or so. What in so, the world? Yeah. I thought yeah. you were doing some European river cruise right across the channel there. You went to Japan? Yes, it was wonderful in Japan. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, actually, I realized because we flew east to Japan and then from Vancouver flew west back to London, I actually went around the world uh, in this. And oh, I'm shocked how long it took me to realize I'd done that. That's amazing. <laughs> you are now the most interesting man in the world. This is incredible. And uh, okay. wow. Okay. Now, you you have a, a note in here. I'm curious if this has to do with some of your travels, but mm. something about your iPhone clock. What mm. is that? I am shocked. Shocked. At this. Let down by Apple with a clock. What? Are you seriously ready for this? Yes. I, I've been practicing how to tell you this okay. to make it short. Okay. Um, <laughs> unless you do something differently, everyone's iPhone gets the time from the internet. We That's know right. this. From space. And in fact, we actually know where it gets it from. It gets it from a server called time.apple.com. Oh. Fine. While I was on the ship, the, you know, we were crossing time, lines, time zones and things, and, you know, you follow the ship's time. Uh, we were we had to keep changing our clocks manually as we went across all the seas and stuff. Mm. Fine. Okay. So you do that. You switch off automatic. You change the time to whatever you're supposed to be, and that's all okay. But as well as the time on your phone, uh, iPhones also have that world clock. Right. And I assumed... The world clock also got that figure from the internet, but it does not. It's a lookup table, it seems. What? So the last time I was on automatic was, uh, I think, when I left Japan. And at that point, um, I'm mixing up the figures here, but uh, the UK was eight hours behind. So the world clock said what time it was in the UK when I was phoning my mother and things. But forever afterwards, 
it insisted that London was always eight hours behind whatever the time was oh, on my phone. Okay. So as you know, across the international dateline, I went up to, at one point we were actually eight hours behind and then 13 back and all this stuff. And all the way through, no, no, says the iPhone, you're eight hours ahead of the UK. And I was up. The number of times I actually Googled, what the hell is the time in the UK now? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it started auto-completing that whenever I would go into... So, so were, you, were you referring to like a widget for the world clock? And it just No, change? I mean the actual clock app on the iPhone. Really? Uh, for it, yeah. Is yeah. that not shocking? That is... Wow. Because, I mean, I'd understand if there weren't an internet connection. And actually, at times, there weren't. But... Um, there's nothing in there to say switch off automatic on everything, not right. just my current time. So I was genuinely really quite taken aback because I'm hardly going to be the first person who's ever found this. So hmm. what what they're doing it to? Why are they doing it to me? That's right. weird. That's very strange. Well, I'm I'm also traveling actually in a couple of weeks, and so I'll have to experiment with the world clock as well. Yes. We'll be going across the entire world like you just did. It's oh. <laughs> amazing. What uh, what Apple devices did you bring along with you? Did you just bring your iPhone or were you traveling with your iPhone? No, I had my iPhone, uh, my Apple Watch, obviously, uh, and also my iPad Pro plus uh, a Note Air 2, uh, an e-ink reader. Oh, wow. And at the start of the holiday, I really liked that because all you could realistically do on it was read books. So I read four novels in oh, a row okay. and a few scripts. I read the script as she said, which is amazing. Um, really hard read. So I don't know if I've got the nerve to watch the film yet, but it's so good I must. <laughs> uh, but then this whole thing of um, you could only do this. And on an iPad, you could do all sorts of other things. I ended up wanting to do all sorts of other things. So sure. I got out my iPad and it was like day and night. I didn't get the note air out again. Oh, iPads wow. are fantastic, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're just are, wonderful. They're pretty nice. You know, maybe if you had gone on this trip in a couple of months, you could have brought the uh, Apple headset and just lived in VR the whole time. Yeah, yeah. sailing by a glacier <laughs> off the coast of Alaska at sunset. Let's put some Apple goggles on and play Pac-Man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> the dream. Yes. Oh, my goodness, William. You sailed by a glacier at sunset. Many, many glaciers. Oh, uh, my goodness. Glacier Bay, all the way from Dutch Harbor down to... Uh, that's amazing. Uh, that, listen, yeah. I've been on an ocean cruise in New England in the fall, and that was beautiful. You know, I got to go up to Canada, Halifax, see all the leaves changing, but I never got a chance to go to Alaska yet. I want to do an Alaskan cruise. Well, stop Maybe. talking to me right now. Go do it. Just go do it. This moment. Just go leave yeah. right now. Yes. I don't know. I kind of want to stick around to see what's happening on Monday. because Monday's Oh, that's kinda, a good point. <laughs> Monday yes. It's going to be a big day. Yeah. And that's what we need to talk about. Uh, one quick Five-star review shout-out. I don't know, maybe you did this as you were traveling around the world uh, under a pseudonym, <laughs> but Lord Helmchen from seven, Lord Helmchen 76 from Germany uh, gave us five-star review. So thanks for that review. No, uh, that's I never go higher than Lord Helmchen 72. Oh, okay. That, that, oh, that's, yes, that's my that's rule, limit. and I stick to it. That's yeah. your limit. William, I cannot tell you how excited I am for WWDC this Monday. I, I mean, obviously, we have lots of rumors, lots of leaks, but... I don't know how you feel. It feels like this is the first time, like this is the most hype Apple has heaped upon one of its own yeah. events. It literally has a tweet and a sponsored post I've seen in multiple places. They're saying a new era begins. Yes. I mean, that 
that's a that's a big statement. It's saying code. One of the other ads that they sent out, or the emails they sent out to everyone earlier this week, saying watch the event. It said code new worlds, new worlds, a new oh, era. They are hyping this up so much. I can't take it, William. Are you excited too? I'm pretty pumped. I'm I'm actually a bit schizophrenic uh, about this because on the one hand, yeah, this is going to be one of the most interesting WWDCs oh ever, goodness. really. Oh my goodness! But on the other, um. I'm not interested in headsets. Uh, I mean, they're going to have yeah. to convince me that it's worth it. Plus, a lot of the hype, as there is every single year at the moment, it's certain that Apple's releasing loads of Macs. And then, you know, a, a minute after the presentation, when Apple hasn't announced any Macs, it'll be, well, of course they weren't going to announce Macs. It's a software company. Yeah, there won't be any Macs. Yeah. There might be Macs if there's a Mac Pro because that would complete Apple Silicon that was announced at WWDC. There might be a Mac, if there's an M3 a little bit earlier than we expect, then that would fit as well. But other than that, all the Macs that are being tested now, I'm sure they're just going to come out in the next month or two after WWDC. I would like to remind you and our listeners that the last Apple event, if you go to apple.com, slash events and you go down and it's view recent apple events the last one was september 7th 2022 that is what nine to ten months ago was the last actual apple event this wwdc is the first first event this year in 2023 it's the first event since the iphone event last year i mean I, they've been releasing stuff by a press release. You know, they've had, mm. you know, different, they released devices, obviously, in the last few months via press release. But, man, I don't know, William. It feels like this is going to be a big one. I know I know. we try to temper our expectations, especially when it yeah. comes to hardware. But one of the big rumors, even this week, German saying they're going to, they're testing M2 Max and M2 Ultra Max, which could mean an updated Mac Studio. And we still have this 15-inch MacBook Air floating around. And like you said, the Mac Pro, which John Turnus said at an event, what, mm. a year ago, two years ago, that the, no, I guess it was a year ago, last Dub Dub or around then. It was last WWDC, yes. It said it's coming. Yeah, they said there's still one Mac to go. And then we have been waiting ever since for the Apple Silicon Mac Pro. I mean, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be a big deal. I think it's big. The way I see it, Apple is really, really good on choosing when to announce stuff. There are two big points in the year every year. There's WWDC's keynote and then there's the iPhone launch. They are when the world spotlight is on. So if Apple wants something big, it will put them in one of those two slots. Fine. But it's also never going to dilute uh, the impact by having tons of things. It won't slip in one more thing. Here's the car for example. It's not, it's very, very focused. It will either concentrate on something or it will use something it knows will be big to bring up something else. Like the Apple Watch was always part of the iPhone thing because maybe fewer people would look at the watch one, but they were all looking at the iPhone one. And more recently, the watch has become, you know, enough of itself. It doesn't need that uplift. I just don't see Apple going, oh, and another thing, we've got a slightly bigger MacBook Air. And another thing, we've got, um, you know, an iPod in pink or something. It's going to be really targeted, really focused. So I don't believe the story that it's going to be two hours plus. I, I'm close to certain there won't be anywhere near as much as everybody says will be in it. Mm-hmm. But the potential for any one of these things, except for new Macs, I think is, is high. I think here's how, here's how I'm predicting it's going to go. 
All right. Mm. Tim Cook's going to get out there. He's going to celebrate. Good morning. Yes. Sorry, I turned <laughs> to his voice there. Yeah. Good morning. He's going to talk about some of the wonderful numbers that Apple has to tout, the apps and monies and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to show a clip from my Apple Music Classical Review. I fully expect that to happen. Then they're going to just dump these Macs in like 20 seconds. They're going to say, we got a 15-inch MacBook Air. We're updating our Mac Studio. And maybe they mentioned the Mac Pro, maybe not. I'm honestly not convinced about that one. They do some early hardware stuff. Then they jump into the iOS. They jump into watchOS, iPadOS, macOS. And then at the end of the event, they talk about the VR headset and they announce whatever developer kits are available and the software packages or whatever. 90 minutes in and out. They just dump it all. That's what I'm saying. Okay, in that case, I will bet on a tight one hour, 60 one minutes. Hour. Oh, yes, they can do it. Four. But also, last time WWDC, when they did announce new Macs, um, it was folded into the Mac OS section because it was related to that. So it was straight in on well, Apple's wonderful, yeah, yeah, then iOS, then Mac OS. Uh, no, iOS, watch OS, then Mac OS, and at the end of Mac OS. So here are the Macs that we're going to be doing this with. And then they had it. And then on to whatever was... I, they actually after. put iPad OS at the very end, it looks like. Oh, right. Because they talked about Mac OS, continuity camera, yeah. and all that. Yeah, and then the, at the very end, it was iPad OS. And they showed off Stage Manager on iPad, which I still have yet to use, really. Uh, but yeah. I will tell you, yeah. William, last year's WWDC, hour 48 minutes. It was, mm. it was not a tight hour. It was an hour 48 well, then I'm shocked at Just them. saying, I'm just you saying, know, I think this... They can do better than that. No, no, I think it's... I, I, I think it's going to be two hours. I said 90 minutes. I think it's going to be two hours. You go for an hour. We bet uh, around the world cruise. Okay. That's going to be what we have, what we owe each other, whoever's right. And uh, we're going to see. Right. Do you know how much that cost me, that cruise? <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen again. Okay. Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. I, I want to talk about more stuff about iOS 17 and some of Mark Gurman's iOS 17 predictions. And we can get into maybe that in our wish list in a bit. I just want to cover a couple news pieces, which Apple actually did launch something else this week, even the week before WWDC, which was Apple Music Classical is now available on Android. So if you want Apple Music Classical, you can get it on iPhone and you can get it on Android. I am wondering why no podcasts. I am. I thought this is kind of bizarre. I really thought Apple would have brought the Apple Podcasts app to Android before Apple Music Classical, if only for the fact that it could pull in some revenue if people subscribe to podcasts in the Apple Podcasts app. And like this podcast, the Apple Insider Podcast, you could support the show directly in Apple Podcasts, get the ad-free version, early access or whatever. But for Android users, no dice, you know, they can go to Patreon. But it would be so nice if any mobile user, Android or iPhone, could just subscribe in Apple Podcasts. So I thought this was interesting, a little weird. I guess maybe because Apple Music is already on Android, this was like an easier port over and all just connects to the same backend stuff. I don't know, but I thought that was strange. Has anybody actually checked to see if it's true? I mean, Apple says it. I'm never going to go get an Android phone to look it up. They could just say it's it. It's on the Play Oh, okay. All right. It's on the Play Store. You can, <laughs> you can literally go in our article, click the Google Play link, and it says Apple Music Classical right here. Install. Oh, now, wait a minute. Classical, the first A is an at symbol. Maybe this is an Apple. I don't, no, oh, I'm just kidding. That's not that's real. That's a bit. That's not it. That's, oh, phew. No, 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 okay. no. Totally kidding. Oh. Totally kidding. 
<laughs> so no, this is an official Apple Music Classical app. Already has one star reviews, uh, as you would expect. I'm just looking at the Google Play Store. Well, yeah, because it's Apple, it's automatically going to be downvoted right, right, on Google, sure. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm not as surprised about as you about the podcast. Now you've said it, I see the point, but it hadn't occurred to me. What I thought first was it came to Android before it came to the iPad or the Mac, which is actually where oh, I think I would use oh, it more that is as true. it happens. So that is true. You can use the blown up version on the iPad if you want to just run the iPhone an app and just ugly experience. It's, yeah. it's really okay. terrible. Yeah. No one should mm. ever do that. But did you use it at all on your world trip? Um, not on the world trip. Oh. Actually, oh. I kept, I was playing some uh, Marla's fifth a lot before I oh, went away, but then cool. for some reason I was doing all sorts of balancing what I could download beforehand and what I would uh, spend my mobile data on in the end. And I didn't actually use a lot of Apple music in any way. Did you, uh, did you bring a MagSafe battery pack by chance on this trip? Many, many. Well, I brought three. <laughs> you, well, no, two and a half. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Yeah. How do you bring half a battery pack? You forget that you've got it until oh. it's too late. Oh. That's what you do. Yeah. You only used it halfway through the trip. I see. Actually, I really needed it. There was one day, oh, every time we would get off the ship, the battery would just sink like a stone uh, for it, much more than I did at home. And oh. uh, also, I bought an eSIM and uh, I found that some of my mobile data was being used, even though I went in and I switched off things like um, photo syncing, because I was obviously taking a lot of photographs. Right. I knew that would take a lot of room mobile data. There's an app called uh, Teleprompter that I used once for yeah. 20 minutes to do something, and it decided to take. For some reason, 700 megabytes of my one gigabyte eSIM <laughs> oh, no. allowance. So thanks very much oh. there. And Apple System Services took 500 wow. megabytes. And I cannot figure that one out, but I had to buy another uh, top up on the eSIM. But uh, I used Aerolow. I have a video series called 58 Keys, and a viewer of that, Stuart Billison, uh, he recommended Aerolow as this easy way to get an eSIM in any country you're in. And, and I did it uh, for. Japan, I did it for uh, Alaska, I did it for uh, Vancouver as okay. well. And wow. all the British roaming charges didn't worry me anymore. Your carrier doesn't have that kind of thing where you can just pay like $10? It's astoundingly complicated really? here. I, I actually, I went through, I'm with three, and I went through their websites here in the UK, and I genuinely didn't understand it. So I asked their support people, and I genuinely didn't understand. If you bought the phone or your contract before this date, but not after that date, and you did this because you did that, and you went to here, but not there, you could do this, but not that. And in the end, just bought an eSIM for it. <laughs> My word. Yeah. See, I, apparently for AT&T, which is my U.S. carrier, you can pay $10 a day, which I guess if you're gone for a whole month, that actually is not economical because that would be like $300. But $10 yeah. a day, you just use your plan. Mm. So if I have unlimited data and everything here in the U.S., $10 a day, which I'm going to do this on my trip because I'm just gone for a week. Yeah. So it'll be 70 bucks, but 70 bucks, and I just use my phone like normal. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, I mean, uh, I... I as well as installing the eSIM, which I found a little bit fiddly, uninstalling it afterwards and getting back. And actually somewhere along the way, uh, something has changed with my settings. And instead of, do you know, I get mixed up over which is the blue and which is the green dot in messages. Um, but somebody said I wasn't getting the right color, uh -huh. the same color that I used to send them. And I had to look into it. And yes, something strange had happened. Mm. But it's all fixed now. So. Okay. All right. Very good. That's interesting, yeah, with eSIM and stuff. I'm curious if people have traveled to other countries and how the eSIM works. I know uh, uh, Austin Mann. Oh, yeah, yeah. He must do this all the time. Yeah, he had yeah. gotten, I think it was iPhone 14 last year, and he was traveling to a country in Africa, and he was saying there is no eSIM 
in the country that he was going to, he would typically have just bought a regular SIM card and popped it in, but there's no SIM card slot. Uh, and so he was, point. you know, I'm like, I guess I'll just keep an iPhone 12 or 13 around yeah. while I do it. So that's, yeah, that's weird. If uh, you guys, listeners, have traveled and experience, have experience with the eSIM when traveling, I'd be curious. Because I used to do that. Uh, when I travel, I worked for a travel company for a while. I would just, I bought a three SIM actually when I went to England. And it was just right. prepaid SIM. I bought it in the airport, I think, before I left. Yeah. And I had a, a month of service on there for pretty cheap, honestly. And it was, uh, it was pretty nice. Those were the days. Those were the days. So they don't have that kind of stuff anymore? Like just prepaid, just pop it in, huh? Uh, before Brexit, all of the mobile phone companies here said, of course we're not going to change. Just because we would be allowed to increase fees, we're not going to do it. It'll stay exactly the same, never you mind. Instantaneously, all of them raised their figures. And it's just, oh yeah, word. of course they would. So, uh, yes. Anyway, calm serenity life okay <laughs> that's wild well all right uh, one other piece of news and then i want to hear about your your thoughts on final cut because you've you've not been on the show since no since it came out yeah final no. cut on ipad i have even more thoughts because i tried editing again on it so one other quick piece of news meta right ahead of wwdc yes. strange timing very strange <laughs> timing meta also facebook known as facebook has released their quest 3 or announced that it is going to be 500 dollars I don't know all the specifics and the tech specs and stuff. I'll refer you to our article for that. But uh, they unveiled it, and I just think the timing is curious, William. Very curious. Well, the fact that uh, partway through the announcement says coming this fall, and then later more details on September the twenty seventh. It's like it's four months yeah, before. It's a long way away. We know that Apple, if they announce it at all, they're announcing it's a developer can get started, and it's going to be a while before it actually goes on sale. They could still bring it out before Meta Quest Three hits yeah. the stores, just about. So yes, I was. I was quite amused by that. <laughs> it's coming this fall. And they said in a Instagram post, this is Zuck's Instagram post, which I guess on Instagram, he's just Zuck, Z-U-C-K, which hmm. is very close to the word yuck, but we won't go there. Uh, it says- and, and to be fair, other words, but this is a family <laughs> oh, show. Sorry. So, I wasn't um, even yeah, thinking that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, very worldly minded over there, William, after the world <laughs> traveling. But he says the Quest 3 will be the best way to experience mixed and virtual reality in a standalone device. That might be an accurate statement right now. We'll see about next, after next week. We'll see after Monday if that is actually the case. You still have to use it. I see controllers in the hands, and I feel like that's going to be one of the big differentiators. Like, I don't think you're going to have to hold anything with Apple's yeah. headset. Monday, though. Weird when you say it like that. We'll know on Monday. It seems so soon. Monday. Yeah. Like, Two or three days away, depending on when you listen. Unless, of course, Apple doesn't announce it, and all it means is that there's a point one update to Swift UI or something. And that's the real <laughs> listen, thing. You know, you never know. I, after listening to Jason Snell and John Gruber, I mentioned this last week, I listened to them on the talk show, and they were like, if Apple wasn't going to announce anything headset related, they would have leaked or pushed something down through the grapevine or gone to some of their inside friends at the New York Times. Like they would have gotten word out for people not to expect it. But right now, like the pent up expectation that all Monday is about is the headset and these things talking about a new era begins and code new worlds oh. directly from Apple. Forget about it. Unless... Tim Cook is going to resign. No, William. Um, and he's just having some giggles playing off. with our nope, attention. No, nope. way off. Wow. Well, way off. Well, it is, you know, it is it's got to happen sometime. So, okay. 
This episode is brought to you by our friends at Collide. They have some big news. If you're an Okta user, and I know what that is, it's single sign-on, then they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How does Collide do it? Well, if a device isn't compliant, the user can't log in to your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero trust architecture, which is device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date, unsecured devices, or logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Well, Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. So visit collide.com slash Apple Insider to learn more or book a demo. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash Apple Insider. The link is also in the show notes. You can click it there. Our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. I just, I really can't wait. I'm just so excited. All right, well, I want to get to our wish list, but I also want to hear about your Final Cut experience because I did a little uh, experimenting again yeah. after my first bout with it. And it was like, candidate off external drives. Mwop, mwop. Yeah. Keyboard shortcuts aren't yeah. the same. I gave it another go because uh-huh. I recorded my wife doing some uh, cooking stuff and I wanted to make a vertical short. I was like, I'm going to use this, I think how Apple intends it to be used, which is short form video, maybe for social media. Let's try it. So I, I brought some stuff in. I made a multi-cam clip. I had one was footage from my Sony mirrorless camera. And I also had my iPhone recording a second shot, brought that in, made a multi-cam clip, seamless, looked great, acted great. You know, everything was as I was hoping for in Final Cut on iPad Pro. Whenever I hit the space bar to play in the project, I have to wait, I kid you not, 20 seconds. Goodness. I literally have a video on Twitter where I recorded myself hitting the space bar on the Magic Keyboard 20 seconds later is when it starts playing. Now, different theories on this from some other people on Twitter might be because of the format that I'm recording in because it's a 10-bit H.264 4K video. Like, it is a big video. But keep in mind, on my Mac, which is an M1 Max, and on my MacBook Pro, which is an M2, and even on my old M1 MacBook Pro that I had, and I still used 4K footage at 10-bit in multicam setups, I never had to wait for this thing to play, especially when the footage was literally copied to the local device. Like this footage is on the iPad's mm. internal thing. <laughs> like it, the footage is there. And for some reason, whenever I hit the space bar, I had to wait 20 seconds. So I powered through it, which was super annoying. I tried to do the auto crop feature, which it supposedly follows the subject. And I have to say in real world use case, I mean, it was my wife in the video. Her face was clearly visible the auto crop to follow subject did not work very well. Like it was kind of drifting way off. It was not keeping her in the middle. Nowhere near as good as you see from apps like CapCut. So I actually had to turn off the auto crop feature and just manually crop in to keep her in the frame. And I was like, I don't, this is feeling less and less useful to me, unfortunately. I've, I've been seeing people, you know, on Twitter saying they're using it. Although a friend of the show, Fernando Silva, he tried it for a week. He's going back to LumaFusion for his work. And he like edits all his videos on iPad. Like he doesn't even touch a Mac and he's doing videos for a nine to five Mac. So, you know, legit use case. So I don't know. My, my experience has been even less positive on a second go around, but tell me what, what have you thought about it? Cause you're a final cut guy and you got an iPad pro. 
So there I was in the queue for the World Cafe and uh, trying to choose which food to eat next. I'm looking at my phone and actually the first thing I see is that somebody's done an article somewhere with the headline, something like, now Final Cut Pro is on the iPad, something, something. And I didn't even read the something, something like wide-eyed, really? Check everywhere, went to Apple Insider, get the news, all that stuff. Can I have it now? Can I have it now? And I couldn't. I had to wait and wait and wait for it. I was beside myself with excitement to do it. And I practically, I actually tried downloading it when I got to the airport, to Heathrow Airport, but I also had to update uh, iPad OS oh. and all this stuff. So I contained myself for a few hours and did it. And I really, really like bits of it. Yeah, I haven't had any of those problems, but I don't like uh, cropped in social media videos. I, I do full widescreen stuff, and I've enjoyed it for that. Uh, I love the la uh, live animation that with is the cool. pencil. That is cool. Yeah, I created a new uh, sting for something that I thought was really smart, and so, but everybody's done exactly the same one, so that's slightly annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't as impressed with the jog wheel as I expected, because that's great for fine use, but I tend to be zooming all over the place, so right. I, I, I just use my fingers still for that. I did really like... Something I don't like about Final Cut on the Mac is... Um, you're playing something back, and there's the timeline. If you scroll a bit along, the timeline is totally blank for a moment before it catches up. And that never happened with me on the iPad. You could always see all of the waveforms. And a trivial thing, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, I don't very much mind that you can't use external drives. I mean, I had to clear some stuff off my iPad to make space, but it wasn't enormous. Except then when you export it to send to the Mac, you're basically doubling the size temporarily so that's more space oh, wow. needed i really don't like that you can't then send it back from them well, you can there's an article on apple insider showing a kind of a fiddly workaround for it but in practice i would like to be able to go back and forth round trip it there's some things uh some of the live animation really that i like the most that i would like to be able to just send something to the ipad do that send it back and i can't mm -hmm. I felt I felt slightly. Um, I couldn't go as fast at certain things yeah. as I expected, and getting used to a very different system, you're bound to expect it. But just once or twice, it was like I could have just done this on the Mac. But then other things, be able to just sit there in my bed, edit a video, yeah, yeah, pick it up when I've got two minutes and do stuff. I I'm really torn because what I like, I like enormously, but I still prefer. Uh, this week's 58 Keys video is 97% done on the iPad. There were, I can't remember what it was now, but there's just one thing I couldn't do on there. And I would like to, I tried to do it completely on there, so that was a little disappointing. Yeah. I'm going to try again with another one that I think will suit it better. But I can't decide whether I'm going to keep it after the one-month trial. But, oh, that's the thing. There is a help thing um, deep within it. Yeah. And if you click through there... It told me, no, you can't see the help thing because you're on the free version what? of it. This is when you decide whether to pay or not. And there are lots of things like um, I, I couldn't find a way to put a marker uh, to say, oh, right. um, or oh, come back to this bit. It's just M, uh, I think, isn't it M? Yeah, it's you, M on the Mac. Yeah. Thank you. Isn't that funny? You use it when you're doing it, your fingers just do it and you right. forget it. But yeah, I tried M, Control M, I looked at all the I searched for it. I can't seem to just put a marker, which seems a tiny little thing. But then I also I had a reasonably complicated sequence that was just so and I wanted to repeat it somewhere else. Um and I had to copy each bit by itself. I couldn't make a compound clip of all of them in exactly right. the same Plus, that's actually a sting that I want to use in the next video. And at the moment, I think I'm going to have to copy and paste 
each element separately into it. I can't... I must be able to export it somehow and import it, but I can't... On the Mac, on the timeline, if you want to bounce between two projects, it's just a back arrow, and you do it, and you've got everything there. This feels like quite a job to come out of a project and go into mm. another mm. one mm. every time. Mm. I'm talking myself out of this, and I was so excited, and I loved it. Should I keep it? Should I pay my £50 for the year or not? I feel like any of us who edit in Final Cut on the Mac... Even if you've just begun a few months ago, like just stay on that road. I'm, I was really keen on like leaving my MacBook Pro at home. Even like when I'm about to travel, I was like, I'll just bring my iPad Pro. And if I need to edit video, I'll just do it on Final Cut on the iPad. And now I'm like, for that, and if I need to record a podcast or something short and I want to plug in a USB mic, I don't want to deal with the iPad's weird audio things, not even knowing if I'm, you know, using the USB mic and voice memos or whatever. And so I'm just like, I'm just going to bring my Mac. And so, yeah, I think it just goes to show again, like looking back at last year's WWDC, where they literally ended the keynote with iPad OS and talking about desktop class apps. It just feels like a cognitive dissonance of like, yay, desktop class, like, oh, can't set a marker, can't press the letter B for the blade tool. And it just... I don't, I don't know. Like I understand more and more that this product is not for, I guess, people like us, William, who have edited in Final Cut on the Mac for a long time. Like, I guess it's just not for us. Like it is for a different audience. Someone who has never used Final Cut on the Mac before, maybe has just used iMovie. And this is now the intermediate step hmm. going to Final Cut on the Mac. And so it, it, looking at it just like that, like I totally get it. I mean, there are the, the multicam feature in Final Cut is really amazing on the iPad because it's yeah. it functions like it does on the Mac. You can you know make adjustments to the different clips inside the multicam edit. The angle editor is really nice when you're editing like that on the iPad. So certain features like multicam, like they knocked out of the park. But other things, it just feels like weird omissions. And then every other time I open it on my iPad, it does say like, buy a subscription. And then I wait a second and I'm like, I swipe around. And then it says like, oh, just kidding. You purchased it already. And I'm like, that seems like a Goodness. weird bug. So no, I haven't had that. That's, uh, that's. Yeah. Mm, it's just a strange, strange true. thing. So again, I, d I don't want to knock it completely because I'm glad it's there. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm glad it exists and that Apple is still putting effort into pro apps, quote unquote, on the iPad. But I, I do hope that we see newer versions quickly. Yeah. And just that it gets a little better. If it had been a one-time purchase like it is on the Mac, I would have just straight out bought it, and I would also have bought Logic Pro. Because uh, I, I do, I really like Logic Pro. I'm slightly daunted by it, and I don't use it enough that it's worth subscribing to, but when I do use it, I like it immensely. I mean, use Ferrite, but I like Logic Pro better. Uh, if it was there on the iPad, it would be great, but as it is, I haven't even tried logic so did you look at that or are you sticking firmly in the ferrite camp i'm sticking firmly in the ferrite camp i mean i have logic for mac i've used it many times and obviously it's a very powerful app but i just don't care to uphold my whole workflow and i listened to marco arment on atp talk about logic pro on ipad he was impressed with its parody with the mac version at least for the most part i mean there are still things that are not uh, equal but compared to final cut he seemed like logic pro was has either been worked on longer or just put more effort into it. And so for those wanting Logic Pro, and my, my kids actually started using it, and they're like, wow, there's so much more here than there is in GarageBand. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, let's pay for it, let, you know, play around with it. But for me, I mean, Ferrite, it's just so perfect for my workflow and everything I do. 
Sticking with it. Good to have choices, though, isn't it? Like this, at last, to have some really good. I mean, Luma Fusion's excellent. Final Cut yeah, Pro is yeah, yeah. pretty good. So <laughs> pretty good. it's nice to have options. Nice to have options. Yes. I'm excited for the future of it. So speaking mm. of future, iOS 17, it's right around the corner. We're going to see it Monday. I'm, I'm like, I don't know if everything's going to be overshadowed by the VR headset, if we're all just going to forget what everything is said about. A little bit. Yes. <laughs> you know, sure. once, once the headset is, is announced. But... I do want to mention some latest news, leaks, rumors from German. Mark German at Bloomberg. These are some of the latest iOS 17 rumors that AirPlay will be getting some upgrades in iOS 17, especially AirPlaying to things like hotel rooms, which is typically a pain in the neck because you have to be on the same Wi-Fi network. If it's a captive Wi-Fi network, it might not work great. Yeah. So supposedly AirPlay in hotels is getting an upgrade. There was that rumor a few months ago, too, about Control Center getting a revamp in iOS 17. So I feel like that could all play into each other. Update AirPlay, change up Control Center, make that all better. We also have lock screen improvements and additional customizations there. Mark Roman had this smart display rumor, which we talked about, where when you put your iPhone on a MagSafe charger, it would enter kind of like what Nightstand is on Apple Watch, but a much more powerful function where you might be able to have widgets and glanceable information on the iPhone display as it's charging. Wallet is seemingly going to get some improvements, especially with the push into financial services, which I would love to see kind of like Apple savings be broken out from the Apple card. So wallet, maybe seeing some improvements there. And there was a mention of side loading, but I also followed Mark Gurman tweeted the laws in the EU that might require Apple to allow side loading do not go into effect until 2024. So technically Apple doesn't have to say anything about it right now or do anything. It could wait an entire year. And even if they are changing something like that, German doesn't think they're going to mention it in the keynote. And I do feel no. like, yeah, I don't think Apple's going to tout on one of their biggest events like, oh, yeah, and then you can install apps outside the App Store. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. So, no. Now, so I want to know, William, some of the things that you might be hoping for from iOS 17. We've talked about this before. Failure of imagination on my part. All those things you just said. Oh, that'd be good. That'd been really handy. I had a very nice. We had a very nice TV. Sorry to come back to the cruise. I told you I can't shut up. <laughs> really nice TV set. Great range of films. We watched Roman Holiday one night. When we crossed the international dateline, they play, did a special screening of Groundhog Day and all this stuff. Oh, but I nice. had loads of things on my iPad that it would have been nice to just chuck up. On, on the big screen. I, I ripped a load of DVDs over the years, and so it would have been nice to finally catch up on some ancient Doctor Whos on that screen and things right. like that. So, yes, more airplay in hotels. That would be very nice, and presumably <laughs> like everywhere else. Um, yeah, no, over the last month, William, as you've traveled the world, has your <laughs> thoughts on yes. uh, AI or large language models changed at all? Has your opinion changed now literally time-traveling? Across the international not, dateline? Not really. I mean, <laughs> I, I found I use ChatGPT instead of Google sometimes just to have a, oh. a fuller search result. But oh. the number of times I know it's wrong. Um, <laughs> or it comes up with, what did I look up? Uh, I looked up uh, an organization and it told me the organization didn't exist. Oh. And I, uh, Were okay, you looking for Spectre? Means... Did you search for Spectre? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have some news for you. <laughs> right. It's not one of them. There's, I've mentioned this before, and actually we've had uh, listeners try to fix things for me. Some of the stuff about automation, I would like just a little bit more on the shortcut side yeah. to work, although actually that's also a macOS right. thing for me. I'm not expecting a lot from macOS, whatever it's called. 
<laughs> this time. Uh, it feels like it's going to be a sort of snow leopard release mm. by all accounts, but I'd be I'd be so happy to be wrong. I would uh, love I would love shortcuts automations on the Mac. Of all the things, let's just talk about Mac here for a second. The re like the fact that there are no automations in shortcuts on the Mac is just I don't know, just a huge miss. I feel like that would, you know, have folder and file automations where shortcuts would just monitor in the background. Like Hazel, and listen, I love Hazel. Yeah. You told me about Hazel. I use it still yeah. to today. It's a wonderful utility. I, I don't want Hazel to go away. You know, I think Hazel could still live on, in, you know, differentiating on features and things like that, which is a great example. We talked about last year, I think, or last week about the design awards, but like Camo, which is an iPhone webcam utility, like Apple is literally nominating it for a design award and it's in direct competition with continuity camera, one of their own features, but camo offers right. additional features and more customizability. And so I think even Apple is good with like, you know, you make a webcam utility. Our customers can pay for that because you offer more features. We offer continuity camera for those who just kind of maybe want the seamless experience and no customizations and there's room for both. And so I think there could be room for both where shortcuts automations might act upon folder activity or file names and extensions. And Hazel still exists as just a wonderful utility where you can make even mm. more in-depth rules. And I'm sure you got some wild rules in Hazel. I mean, you're just doing crazy stuff over there, William. Yeah, no, I've only got a few in the end, actually. Um, but I think with Hazel, you set up a rule and then you forget that you've ever done it. You just right. know that it it's going on. Uh, so when I moved to a different Mac and I'd forgotten to put Hazel on, it was oh, like, it's right. broken. What's happening in there to try to remember everything? That's when you really appreciate right. Hazel. Otherwise, it's set and forget, unfortunately. We should have a daily honor Hazel <laughs> moment. That's what we should have. Yeah. I need to put that link in the show notes. Listeners, if you have not used Hazel or downloaded Hazel, and the reason why this is Noodle NoodleSoft, NoodleSoft oh. software, it you create rules where, you know, if a file lands in a folder, I'll tell you one of the rules that I have. For YouTube thumbnails, I will get YouTube thumbnail files to use for my work, work, work. And the file naming convention that the team uses always has YouTube thumbnail in the title of the file. And so I have a Hazel rule where when a file is either a JPEG or PNG, hits the downloads folder with the words YouTube thumbnail as a part of the title, it automatically moves that to my folder that's buried in the hierarchy of folders in my iCloud drive where all the thumbnails are kept and I never have to manually move it from my downloads folder to that folder. And it's just a wonderful, and the little notification pops up from Hazel saying, hey, I took care of this for you. You don't need to move it. You know exactly where it is because you made the rule and it's just wonderful. And so Hazel is great for that kind of stuff. And I, I really love Hazel. When I go to delete an app, yes, because you know when you install an app outside the Mac App Store, it's installing everything everywhere. I mean, it's spreading crumbs in the library. You got the library support folder. You got the library application support folder. You got the library library application app support support folder. It's just files everywhere. All these files all the way down. And with Hazel, Hazel searches your entire Mac. This listen, they didn't sponsor this episode, but they really should have because I'm just going off on it now. But <laughs> Hazel searches your entire Mac for all those little files for the app that you're trying to delete. And it says, hey, you want to throw these in the trash too? Because all of this belongs to Zoom and they hid stuff all over the place in every corner of your Mac. And then it just takes care of it. I just love Hazel. Do you use the, uh, its automatic sorting capabilities? I'm, I'm afraid for you to even tell me what that is because... Well, I no longer do this. I have a shorter version, but it is, I take an immense, immense number of screenshots and it fills up my image bucket folder, as I call it. Mm -hmm. And after a while, I would have Hazel just automatically sorted into these are the shots from January 
and it would just create the January 2023 folder and the February one and just do it all in the background. So next time I needed to look up something, I could, yeah, I wrote about that in February. I would know oh, the right place yeah, to go. Good. Now uh, I have a simpler one. I realised I never did go back to look to February. So instead, any screenshot that's older than two days and isn't tagged with a green dot to protect it, uh, Hazel just deletes it for me. So, you know, that nice oh. image bucket folder stays pure and empty. All the time. I didn't even think about doing a tagged color for like distinguishing hazel. Yeah, it turned out there was what I have a template I use a lot. And so, of course, over the months, it gets older and older than, than two days. So I just figured out a way to stop that one being deleted. Damn. And the quickest thing is to yeah give it a green dot. Wow. And hazel will recognize it. See, mm -hmm. listen, there's always going to be room for hazel, even if Apple adds Mac automations. And I still think they should. So there's shortcuts automations there. I feel like notifications on macOS needs to just be overhauled. I feel like I'm clearing notifications on my Mac all the time that yeah. I just, I don't even know what's happening there. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what they're doing and like managing what apps send you notifications is super annoying, but yeah, I don't know. And system settings. Did you, did you get used to system settings in Ventura? Like, are you good with it? Yes. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it was terribly problematic at first, but I liked the logic of it, I felt it surfaced things. The wallpaper is in a section called wallpaper, right. for example, things right. like that. I thought that was that was good. But you're saying that about notification reminds me, my big fix, my wish for iOS 17, might be really niche here. Um, I would like it to fix the fact that sometimes, quite often, text messages on my iPhone don't make a sound. Really? All of the notifications say, yes, ring alarm bells, but they don't. Don't. I, only, I, I know I've got a text the next time I pick up the phone and there it is throbbing at me and I cannot fathom why. So oh, sort that weird. out, please, Apple, just for me. Yeah. <laughs> that is strange. Uh, also, the iCloud Drive um, management on macOS, I mentioned, like downloaded files. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the history in that. Yeah. <laughs> I talked about it last week. I just can't even deal. But back to iOS, like you were saying, screen time improvements for me is such a big deal. The bug fixes, not even additional features, just screen time bug fixes because I'm, I'm in there all the time. You know, a lot of times someone doesn't realize how buggy a part of Apple software is until you really have to use it every day all the time. And that is with me and screen time and kids. Like I now have all. Oh, yeah. Of course you have kids. I right. Have, all three yeah. of my kids are a part of screen time now trying to manage the content restrictions and the requests for different apps and such, you know, whether they need more time or whatever, all of that is, it's kind of a mess. And so hmm. I think Apple does this way better than Android because I've used Google's like family thing and it's not good. I don't want to use a third party system for this. There's lots of third party options. Some of them require installing like profiles on the device so you can do like mobile device management. I don't want to do any of that. I like Apple yeah. screen time settings. They have a great amount of options. Everything's in there that I need. I just need the bugs to be fixed. And uh, that would be great. Thanks. That's I'd never thought of that. For, for me, screen time will pop up and say, you used your iPhone for 10 hours a day last week. And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, you want to make something of it? And <laughs> you that's all. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> you and screen time yes. just get in a fight. Yeah, it does that to me too. I mean, that's fine. But no, it's the management of, of other accounts. Clipboard manager would be wonderful on iPad OS. I know you would love that too. You use a keyboard maestro, yeah, it'd be oh, great. Yes, audio routing on iPad OS. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see that, but I hope like you'd be able to actually set input and output audio devices on iPad because you know you have Pro apps there now. You got Logic Pro 10. Set the audio input and output. So I don't think I follow what you mean. 
day, being able to plug in an external mic and route it out to to record on a different app or something. Um, like right now, if you plug in a USB mic to your iPad Pro, you yeah. get no visual indication that the iPad is using that mic for audio. If you open the Voice Memos app, oh. you can like tap on the mic and see if it's there, but you get no like it's using the ATR twenty one hundred X USB mic. Like you don't get that. That's terrible. I didn't know that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's and what's difficult too is especially when you want to record video but use an external microphone. You can do it even on your iPhone. Like you can plug in the Lightning headphone adapter, plug in a microphone headphone splitter, plug in a Rode wireless go to and like use a lapel mic recording a video with your iphone like it works but you get no visual indication to say hey a microphone's plugged into this iphone and we're using that audio instead of the built-in mic Hmm. because i've also had situations where i've had it all plugged in the same way but for some reason it just didn't record the audio from the external mic it just used it from the iphone mic so i would love for there to be in the settings app or somewhere i know this is asking a lot but you could just go to like general audio settings and say input device tap a microphone output device tap a device and then like you just know that your iphone or ipad is using that usb mic and using whatever else as headphones and then that can carry over into third-party apps like for something like riverside which we're using to record this podcast where i know that that app is using the default audio device settings that i've set in the system the device settings so that's a that's a hope of mine because you don't you record videos with your iPhone, right? Yes, um, I use. Um, I've totally blanked on the name of it, and they recently updated it and turned to subscription model, and it's not quite as good, and it <laughs> lost me some data. And my mind, Filmic is Pro, Filmic Pro. Thank you. Yes, I use Filmic Pro, and I use a smart mic um, Bluetooth thing. Uh, I did an extensive review of the smart mic on Apple Insider, and the top of it is: listen, I am actually recommending this, but you're not going to believe that because then you list all the incredibly frustrating problems. But then when you get past those, right. most of the time the sound quality is so good. And uh, Filmic Pro on the iPhone will actually accept the input from that. But I have previously I've been recording to a separate iPhone and then using the way File Cut Pro can marry up the sound the... video and things like yeah. that. So I'm still flat playing around with it but yeah yes i because because if you're recording a video on your iphone or something the the camera's pointing at you but the microphone is on the bottom so it's pointing 90 degrees away from your voice uh, it's, it's as good as the microphone is that that's a bit of a well i think a problem so an external is better i yeah. think there is a microphone correct me if i'm wrong i think there's a microphone where the cameras are on the back of the iphone like that little on the back of the iPhone, that little pinhole that's next to the lidar sensor, next to one of the camera yeah, lenses. Is that what that pinhole is? I'm, pre- I'm looking at it now. I'm pretty okay. sure. I don't want to sound like a crazy testing, now. testing. Nothing's happening. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't want to. Now you're making me wonder. Well, at least the 14 Pro. You have the microphone that's at the bottom. There's actually a microphone where the speaker is, like the headpiece, hmm. and then there's the microphone where the cameras are facing outward. So if you're recording video using the rear big camera, like there's a microphone pointing that way. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. The more you learn. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for that. I will investigate. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably still going to stick with an external. No, but no, I'll still stick I'm with an there. external. Yeah, for sure. But but the, yeah, there's three mics in your iPhone. Let's see. Uh, redesign mail calendar and contacts. I would love to see and like legitimate snooze in mail, not this weird like remind me later. Oh yeah, the yes, no, no, and the follow-up thing. Let's just—I don't see any way that that can be made yeah, no. acceptable. So, uh, 
checklist. Mm-hmm. I just once I found out you could switch that off, it does occasionally switch itself back on again, and I don't know why, but I find again the button to say no, and that's nice. That is so, nice. Yep. Yeah. Moving to iCloud Keychain, we've spoken at length about this, but I do hope to see Apple make some updates to that standalone app, possibly. Would you actually switch to iCloud Keychain away from 1Password if it offered more? I feel like I am switching inadvertently. Uh, I'm slowly, I, I've lost track of what password is where. Which is not good. That is not a good situation. No, it really isn't, particularly when you move to a different machine. And I think I have that problem between two of my Macs. There are different things in different places. But it hasn't caused nightmares yet. So when it does is when I'll look into it. Uh, I really like 1Password and it's been so useful for so good. I don't want to move away, but sometimes there's Safari offering to do your password right now. And it's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And you do it, and that's how they get you. <laughs> that's, how, that's how they get you. Exactly. And lastly, I just have some HomeKit asks. I know your asks are probably all bug fixes, but I would, yes. I would actually like actual multi-user on Apple TV, which would be really nice, not kind of like the weird thing that's there now. Screen time on Apple TV. There are restrictions, but it's not like screen time. You don't get any reports of how long was watched or like restricting specific apps. Would love that on Apple TV. Redesigned Apple TV app, I think, is still kind of needed. And more HomeKit, maybe widgets or like a HomeKit secure video camera, maybe an app. HomeCam is on Apple TV and it's a great app where you can see all your HomeKit cameras in one place. I feel like Apple could do something there and it could be a little more useful. You can see your camera stuff if you go into the control center, but Mm. a little like cumbersome. But I would love to see some HomeKit improvements too. I just cannot abide the idea of being deep into a film and ping, up comes a little video window of the postman or postwoman coming to the door for it. I I just, I will not have that. So if it has to be cumbersome to go get it, I'm fine. (laughs) I kind of like the the doorbell thing comes up on the screen, at least during the day, you know, because I don't want to miss my package. You know what I mean? I missed my iPhone one year, never again. Yes, we've all had stories like that. But the price of interrupting drama, it's worth it. We don't do that. No. <laughs> I know, I know. No. Well, you're just reading scripts, so it's really just people interrupting you script reading. I take your point there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you don't actually watch anything. I, actually, when the coronation was on, my wife Angela watched the coronation on the cruise in the pool deck, massive screen, loads of people around her, and I wasn't particularly interested, so I went back to the, the stateroom, as it's called, and flicking channels, I came across an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and I couldn't leave it. I watched to the end, and then I looked up the script to see the bit I'd missed. I mean, I had seen it, I know I'd read it, but I just want to see the start again. And unfortunately, that was three weeks ago, and I have now read uh, 55 Deep Space Nine scripts. It's like a novel, that series. So, yes, I do read a lot. But, oh, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, that reminds me. Now that Ted Lasso is finished, I'm seeing so many reviews saying how disastrous it was, how terrible it became. Are you going to defend it to the end? Listen, I'll be honest. I have not oh. seen season three. <gasps> part, of, part of the reason being, I keep seeing all these reviews of people saying like, oh, they dropped the ball. Season three is not good. All I'm saying is season one of Ted Lasso is still great. And even if you just watch season one in a vacuum, not even watch season two, don't go to season three, just season one. I feel like that is enough and is a good experience. Well, I'll swap you. You read 55 Deep Space Nine scripts <laughs> and then get back really? to me and we'll see uh, what happens. Can I put it into chat GPT and ask for a summary? How's that? 
Yeah, that'd be really useful. You'd have a great time there. <laughs> That's what you want, isn't it? To take away anything fun no, and no. interesting. No, no. And good. William, I'm, I'm excited, though. Even with this wish list and these little uh, quirks and stuff, I'm excited to see what's coming Monday. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be big. I cannot fathom why I'm so excited because I genuinely I can't see a use for the headset. So if that's a big thing, I, <laughs> it just won't do it for me. And yet, yeah, it's Monday. I'm really looking forward to this. It's going yeah. to be so interesting, whatever happens. I, the yeah. story that they're going to tell around this thing. And, you know, you look back at the iPad, which we probably all thought, don't know how many use that. You know, I never would have thought when the iPad was announced that, I would edit podcasts there for hours yeah. a week because it was just the best device for that use case and it was the best for me. And, you know, a use case occurred. And so with the headset, like you, I really don't know what I would use it for. I've played a couple games there. I'm not really interested in that. Mm. I feel like fitness with a headset is pretty cumbersome. Mm. I don't really want to do video conferencing in VR. <laughs> like no. I'm fine with just a, you know, video call with whatever. But... I, I feel like if there are any any company is going to create a use case that is compelling yeah. and tell a compelling story around a device, it's going to be Apple. And I, I'm excited yes, to see it them is. do it. Yeah, I agree. Yes. So let's see what they do. Yes. Expect the car Monday. No, just kidding. Uh, not, not the car. <laughs> you did all this whole episode. I thought you would plug the car, but no dice. I threw in a mention. Oh, you did, earlier. you did. That's right. That's I just right, didn't did. say it had to be blue. I, oh, I might be, I might be right. easing up on that part. Oh, I don't I see. know. Whatever color. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> listeners, let us know what you're excited about, your iOS 17 wish list, and then tune in Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern is going to be the keynote. You can stream it live. I'll be recording a recap podcast immediately after. I try to get up as quickly as possible, so if you couldn't watch the keynote, We'll cover all the big announcements there. The recap podcast might be an hour long. I don't even know. It depends how much they announce. And then, of course, Apple Insider Podcast next Friday, and we'll discuss everything in depth. William, it was wonderful having you back today. Yeah, actually, if you don't mind me just saying, it's really nice to be back. But I, I've been listening to you and Where's Gasaway while I've been in some of the most gorgeous places, and it's been really fun oh. listening to the show. So that's cool. Well, that's very kind. I would like a, a flyover screensaver for my Apple TV of William listening to the Apple Insider podcast in his balcony room on the cruise ship passing by Glacier at sunset. That's the kind of fan art we need for this show, William. That's it. Anyway, um... <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm glad you're back, William. Thank you to all of our listeners, and we can't wait to uh, talk to you next week after WWDC. Cheers. I don't know why I said cheers. That's not the thing I, I was just thinking, very British of you there. <laughs> I, was yes. to, I was trying to be British, and then it just came out.